Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yes! Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And we are live and wired on the DC TV podcast YouTube channel and the Supergirl Radio Facebook page to discuss and review my adventures with Superman's fifth episode titled You Will Believe a Man Can Lie and the sixth episode titled My Adventures with Mad Science. Uh, so we are combining these two episodes because we got to play a little catch up. We got a little bit behind. And so to catch up with everybody else, we've got <laughs> to smush two episodes together. So we're going to do uh, a double feature here on Supergirl Radio this week. So uh, hopefully people uh, will, you know, enjoy the, uh, the you know, the, the longer discussion, I guess. But we're going to try to split them up into two uh, discussions about each episode. So we hopefully won't get them mixed up or jumbled in our brains. Uh, so we, we are going to be talking about two episodes of My Adventures of Superman for this episode of Supergirl Radio. If you are watching live with us, please uh, give a, give our stream a like and maybe a subscription. Get, subscribe Ooh. to our YouTube channel uh, here at DCTV Podcast. If you haven't already, we would appreciate it. Well, uh, Morgan, I guess uh, we don't have any news. So why don't we just uh, jump straight into My Let's Adventures with Superman? <laughs> That's why everybody's here. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. Should we change our intro now that I think about it? Uh, it's uh, your source for all the things related to the CW Supergirl TV series. I kind of feel like maybe do we do we change it? <laughs> maybe maybe it's just Supergirl in general. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it feels like uh, you know we're going to be talking about my adventures with Superman here. So we are for all things related to. Uh, my adventures with Superman for this episode. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get to discussing the fifth episode of My Adventures with Superman, which is titled You Will Believe a Man Can Lie, which is obviously a play Ooh. on the uh, tagline for Superman the movie, which was You Will Believe a Man Can Fly, which, of course, they they initially got there after they tried many attempts at uh, making people believe that Superman was real on their promotional posters. If you, <laughs> if you don't get that joke, go back and watch our uh, or listen to our Superman celebration episode from 2023. He's not real. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said anything. I've just ruined it for everyone. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the tagline for Superman, the movie was you will believe a man can fly. Here, it's uh, playing on that a little bit with You Will Believe a Man Can Lie. The episode description from Max reads, quote, Lois under, under, uncovers a secret in Metropolis and is determined to get to the truth. Superman tracks down dangerous weapons in the city and finds himself in the crosshairs of mysterious organization Task Force X, unquote. So this episode is uh, uh, Lois Lane 
trying to confirm. She has suspicions that Clark Kent is Superman and she is trying to confirm it in this episode. And she does. We'll just spoil it right up top. She does confirm it. Uh, but Morgan, what did you think about her her attempts at doing so? Uh, I think, you know, she started small, but then she dreamed big. And I think that's <laughs> really important. <laughs> uh, I, I like that she was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to stop until I get you, Clark Kent, and Superman, a completely different human being, in the room together. And why would that be a problem with you, Clark Kent, who's a different human being than <laughs> Superman? He's like, he's like, yeah, no, that seems really great. I support your career, Lois. No problems here. And then, like, later on in the episode, when, like, it comes out, spoiler alert, that, like, she knows that he's Superman, he's like, what? Who could see that coming? And I was like, Clark, <laughs> my God what in the world like she has it's been so obvious the whole episode that she knows and like clark was like who could have foreseen this change in circumstances i was like oh no clark oh no he, he was just jazzed that he that she agreed to work with him on a story <laughs> he was you'll, you'll work with me she's like that's not the takeaway <laughs> that i thought we were gonna have from that conversation <laughs> she goes so far to try to get them into the same room she goes so far as to handcuff herself to superman so morgan do you think this is a good idea uh yeah sure i mean it's a it's a this is a sweet idea i like <laughs> i like her moxie she's like you're not going anywhere because i have these small metal handcuffs um, <laughs> they're made with metal and so they are impenetrable to you a man who picks up cars <laughs> uh, <laughs> i like how when they're like when the the sort of battle is going on instead of like just breaking the cuffs immediately he just kind of like rolls with it he's like we must work in tandem now we are cuffed together and nothing can get us apart it's like superman um you really wanted to sort of get her out of the way there seems like there's maybe an easier way i'm just going ahead and saying it and then at the end he's just like boop and <laughs> breaks the handcuffs and she looks like legitimately shocked that he could have done that the whole time <laughs> Come on, what kind of research did you do into Superman? <laughs> yeah, he does eventually break the handcuffs. So, uh, but he does it uh, out of concern for her because he knows that things are going to get really serious and dangerous. And so that is the time when he <laughs> lets her go. Although they do have a sequence, which I thought was actually kind of interesting with the uh, being hand handcuffed together, is that uh, the uh, criminals in this episode. We'll 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 get to uh, this. Uh, uh, group of people who are, are doing some uh, bad things in Metropolis, but uh, they uh, attack Superman foolishly and uh, Lois gets caught in those, in those crosshairs a little bit. And so I, I thought the sequence was kind of a, a unique uh, situation for Superman to be in because he had to fight off these criminals while also protecting Lois, while also trying to uh, <laughs> do what he can to <laughs> stop them. And she even uh, helps him out a little bit. I think she, you know, uh, does a little punchy punchy or something. She, um, did, yeah, to, she gets a good hit. punch in yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Boom. So she helps out. She's not just uh, uh, doing nothing in this situation. But I thought that was a unique uh, take on an action beat with them. I've never seen anything like that before, where they where they were both in a situation where uh, they were sort of tied together a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, so Clark is uh, having to face the fact that someone has now figured out who he is 
And uh, I, I don't know that he uh, really wanted this to happen, but it has happened to him. And uh, she does it, to, uh, she sort of forces him in some ways to uh, reveal himself because uh, she kind of pulls a Margot Kidder's Lois Lane because Margot Kidder did this in uh, Superman 2 where she jumps in some water to uh, try to get Superman to get, well, to get Clark to reveal himself as Superman and come save her. And that's one of the things I don't like about Superman too, is that Clark just got kind of like follows her along and just <laughs> lets her, lets her waffle around in the what water. Are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're such a jerk. You should help her. I mean, I know it's her secret identity, but you're just, what if she drowned? <laughs> really bad. Um, but she pulls a Margot Kidder's Lois Lane and she, uh, jumps off the daily planet roof backwards just like walks a foot backwards off the roof and um clark goes to save her because this time he should because she can she's she can't she can't just float down a river she's gonna hit the ground i i like that when he caught her she was like oh my god you are superman i was like girl what was your contingency plan if he wasn't I was like, this plan is um sort of a high stakes, high reward, but also <laughs> what if it doesn't work out kind of situation? Uh, I was like, at this point, you better be hoping he's Superman. <laughs> you're in trouble if not. And then she, she's like hitting him. I was like, he's holding you. You're, <laughs> you're above the pavement, Lois. <laughs> Let's be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more careful. <laughs> Well, I guess at that point she figures, you know, if he caught me here, like if if I hit him enough times and I fall, he'll save me again. Uh, but yeah, so that I don't know. Do you think that was uh, uh, a good moral thing for her to do to force him to reveal uh, himself? Yeah, I didn't love that. I don't know. I went like back and forth on it. I was like, I mean, she knows it's him. And like, it did remind me, um, you know, bringing it back to our girl, our main girl, Cara, Cara um, from Supergirl. Like it reminded me of in the pilot when she like falls off the building and wins like, oh my God. And then she like flies back up and she's like, psych, I can fly. But like, that was like <laughs> not a great moment for win for sure. Oh, then uh, traumatizing. Feels like there's other better ways she could have told it. <laughs> Maybe if she just floated up in the air, sure. she would have believed her without the sort of jumping off the building aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, and it was or he like, or she could have like given him a little like teaser. Exactly. Like, like, I'm going to prep you for this moment. <laughs> I'm going to jump off, but then I'm going to be fine because I can fly. But I mean, I think if one of my friends told me that, I'd be like, Mm-mm, you want to step away <laughs> from that edge. <laughs> it reminded me of the, like the Supergirl pilot in that respect where it's like, I feel like there's probably was a better way of getting to that solution without jumping off this building. Again, high, high risk. <laughs> I don't know. How big was the reward? She already knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess she she was like, previous to that, I think was when she had the scanner and she was trying to chase Superman all over uh, all over the city. And she was kind of falling behind. He was already doing the 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 good deeds before she could get to him. And so <laughs> that there, was funny. There may not have been, I, I don't know, because she can't just ask Clark because Clark's going to lie. He's going to say, no, I'm not Superman. What are you crazy? Um, so I don't, I don't know if she had another option. That's I mean, true. I mean, yeah, he was, what, if, what else was, could she have done? 
Uh, I see in the chat, Electro WWF says, I was okay with Clark still trying to cover until Lois was visibly near tears, worried about him, and he was still lying. By then I was like, Clark, come on. Yeah, I think by the time that she, like, decides, okay, fine, I'm just going to jump off this building <laughs> to make a point. Like, yeah, <laughs> I also would have been really mad because, like, she's like, I know that you're Superman. Like, we, here we are. We're both here in this knowledge that you're Superman. He was like, Superman? Who's a Superman? Like, oh my god. I don't know that guy, but I bet he's swell. Uh my favorite was when when she asked Superman about Clark Kent. He was like, you know Clark Kent, right? And he was like, Oh man, Clark Kent, that dude's hot, right? Like everyone's been saying it recently. That dude is so hot. I would want to date him. Weird. I've I've been hearing that a lot on the streets. Yeah, he was hyping. He was hyping up Clark Kent, uh, pretty, pretty. That well. made me laugh. <laughs> I hear that guy's great, so smart. He's a real upstanding guy. You could really depend on him. I'm he- I'm hearing everybody wants to date him, and that like maybe if say somebody was interested, she should like jump on it now. I don't know, man. Lois took that the wrong way though. Yeah, exactly. She heard like, jump right. on it. <laughs> I'm gonna jump right off this building. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, Mind the Gap has a a good point of the question of like, well, if Lois wasn't 100% sure and she jumps off the building, well, that's going to be a big mistake. But Mind the Gap makes a good point. She probably still anticipated Superman saving her. So even if she was wrong and there was a separation between Clark Kent and Superman, Superman still might uh, could come and save her. So I think that's a really good point. Uh, yeah, so she does uh, get that confirmation just because she sort of forces Clark's hand to do it. And then he tells her that he didn't want to tell us about his secret identity because she knew he knew that she thought Superman was a liar and wanted to publish all of his secrets. And uh, I guess, uh, do you think that this version of Lois Lane would have done that if, if uh, Clark had told her the truth? I don't think so. Like they were already like like Clark Kent is not just like some random guy that she met yesterday. Like they're friends. They knew each other at this point. Like they worked together. They had like some some little moments, some little like romance moments and hallways and stairwells. Yeah. Listen, you you don't sell out somebody you had a like a romantic moment with on the back stairs. Like, what kind of girl do you think Lois is? Uh, yeah, I I felt like that. Like, it to me it feels like obviously we've seen this a lot of in a lot of different Superman stories and Supergirl stories where it's like there is a point where in the story you're like, all right, now you're being ridiculous. You should just tell that person. It's gonna get worse that you, when you don't tell them and. I, I wouldn't say that this show was at that point even remotely yet because it's like, you know, we're on episode, what, five yes. uh, at this point, And she learns at the end of four. So, man, there are Superman shows that make a whole meal out of this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when did when did anyone learn on, like, Smallville? We were, like, seasons. We were seasons in. We were, like, I four th- or five think... seasons in. Did Pete know in like season three and then three, but like Pete was really just, they just trot Pete out to like tell you (laughs) great product that you could buy (laughs) and then then trot him back out. So like no one substantial, I feel like ended up finding out until like season four or five. Yeah. I think Chloe, Chloe knows, I think at the end of 
season four, but we don't find out that she knows knows until the beginning of season five um, when she finds the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, so I think she was maybe the second person. Although when did when did Lana know? Lana knew. I want to say Lana knew some point in season five too. I feel like season five was the season where he's like, "All right," because <laughs> I I feel like she knew before season seven because season seven is when Bizarro showed up and she and Clark were like shacking up at the Kent house. Oh, that's right. So that's I right. Feel like, I feel like she knew then. So yeah, it and had... season six was. I like how we're backtracking. <laughs> season... <laughs> I'm, I'm like beautiful minding it, but like Smallville, like uh, season six was when she uh, hooked up with Lex. So Which just, was the greatest Lana season. What a great Lana season that was. <laughs> she was like, oh, did you just kill a dude? That's hot. <laughs> give, me, give me a villain Lana moment. That is chef's kiss. That was like, that was the season where I was like, do I like Lana? <laughs> if, 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 people, if people have not followed Supergirl Radio, we are 100% genuine about that comment. We love season no, six no. Lana. Like. Season six Lana was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so season four, of course, was the witch season with the. Uh, yes. Hard the, to forget. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I feel like maybe season five. I think right. season five. But like, th- think about like we're five episodes in, and like his secret is coming. His secret comes out in like episodes five and six, right? To like the main cast. We were five seasons. Like we were like hundreds of episodes in. Oh yeah, and, five and Chloe five, was yeah. still like, it's weird that Clark always sort of leaves when there's an emergency <laughs> and then comes back after it's over. Oh well, don't know what that's about. <laughs> so like, I'm glad that they. In some ways, I'm glad that they didn't stretch it out. But I feel like. They could have stretched it out like probably a couple more episodes and it wouldn't have felt like, okay, you should just tell her. But but I, I like that they got to like the Clark and Lois drama like pretty early on in the show. Yeah, I'm actually on the side of I'm glad that they did it early because it, it 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 makes Lois especially look less stupid. And I'm always <laughs> on the side of can we not make Lois look stupid? Uh, so I appreciate that. And one of the things I liked about this episode is that she she's investigating Superman. She's she's on his tail because she she has a pretty good feeling about this. But she uh, calls Jimmy to get a list of dates and times to see if he can corroborate Clark's whereabouts. She notices that a lot of his excuses revolve around bagels. And she, <laughs> there's that great uh, sequence where she's just watching him come in and out of the office while he's ducking in and out. To that go was save so people. funny. So I so even before we get to the jumping off off uh backwards off the daily planet roof she's she's pretty she's got a pretty good idea and i really like that about this lois is that she did put it together and she is portrayed as very smart and really uh, a good reporter she's a good investigator and so i i really appreciated that out of the show yeah i i I like that she's the one who puts it together pretty much herself like there's a big hint in the pocket of the jacket coat but like (laughs) like a pretty big one (laughs) a pretty big one but i think if she hadn't done all the legwork already to be like lots of stuff happened in this small town that's really weird and then she sees that he like ripped out a page about smallville i think yeah, like she was the one who kind of put that together. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, so I like that. Like, yeah, it's sometimes like in Superman because there's been so many different Superman stories. We're you know pretty spoiled in Superman tales, but there's sometimes where she learns because like somebody's like, look at that is Clark Kent. Clark Kent is Superman. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that she got to like put it together herself. I think the um 
the low at the nineties, the nineties Lois and Clark. I think that's how she finds out. It's like a villain is like they're the same. <laughs> she also kind of notices because I think the way his hand touched her face, like was the oh, same that's always way a giveaway. That <laughs> Superman and Clark touched her face the same way, and so that was kind of how she. she you have to, you have to have like a different romantic move in your like alter ego. You can't... <laughs> She's like, wait a minute, that's his only move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this Lois uh puts it together even uh doodling glasses on the picture of Superman. That was so really she, funny. <laughs> she was yeah, like, I can imagine it. That's a very uh Margot Kidder thing for her to have done as well, because uh she does that in the I think the Donner cut of Superman too. Uh, so they're pulling some uh, Margot uh, Kidder Lois uh, out of this one. Uh, let's see. I think I saw another couple of uh, comments wanted to get into the chat for. Uh, Carrie says jumping off the building is a total lowest move. She'll sacrifice for the truth. Uh, yeah, I, I think the the uh, most important thing there is she was pretty sure. She was she she, she didn't just do it. <laughs> she she didn't just do it. She she had done all the legwork uh, before. If she then. wasn't pretty sure, that would have been a, that could have potentially been a pretty bad oopsie. Yes, that would have <laughs> would have been bad. But uh, but I like how confident she was in that. And I just want to apologize. I don't know if you can hear the thunder. There's Is like that a, thunder? There's like a bad storm in my area. And I don't know if people can hear I that. Thought, but I thought is... there was like a fan on or something. No, that sounds that's, so close. It's very close. It feels like it's right outside this room. <laughs> so, so I just want to, if you hear something, it's probably that's thunder wild. related. Uh, I saw that Electra WWF has... Um, give me some context for my memories of the Lois and Clark. Uh, in the 90s version, she forgets when the villain tells her because time travel reasons. Right. That feels right. Yeah. And and that's, um, oh, crap. What is the, what is that villain's name? I love him so much. Uh, uh, Lois and Clark. Somebody, <laughs> somebody remind me in the chat. I always forget that guy's name, but he is like the best. The pictures of Superman. <laughs> Brian in the chat says, I thought someone was moving a desk slowly. Oh, I wish that was the case. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what is Oh, Tempest. Yes, Tempest. Um, Tempest was a great villain, Lois and Clark, uh, The New Adventures of Superman. Yeah, he calls her, uh, I think, something like the uh, most galactically stupid woman on the planet or something. It was, and, yeah, it was super harsh. I remember that. Yeah, much, yeah. He, like, oh, he really did. Uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, Tempest really uh, makes fun of Lois for not seeing the secret identity, but he does. Um, she she does forget in that episode. But I do remember there was something about the way Superman and Clark both touched her face. That was the that was the big giveaway on that show. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about uh, Lois figuring out Clark's identity before we move on? I was really glad it, like, again, we talked about, it. I was glad that she figured it out. I was glad it kind of happened early. And I think that she had, like, a right to be mad because she gave him some opportunities to be like, hey, listen, I know that you're Superman. Like, I'm just telling you straight out, I know that you're Superman. And he was like, super who? Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that would have also infuriated me, too. So, I mean, and it's well established that she doesn't like liars. Uh, so this is a pretty big lie. So I think it left on, like, a pretty pretty big cliffhanger for the clark lois relationship in episode five where you're like uh-oh is that it i mean obviously we know it's not it but <laughs> <laughs> but it seemed like they had hit quite a rough patch well i mean they both had a legitimate reason for doing what they did i mean lois doesn't like liars she wants to go after the truth she's trying to 
figure out who Clark really is uh, because they had developed uh, a strong, uh, intimate bond in the stairwell. And so I think, <laughs> I think there was reason for her to be upset about him lying to her. But then he also had a reason to uh, have his own secrets because he can't really trust a lot of people with that information. And uh, so I think he had a right to uh, want to be able to tell people when he wants to tell them. And we'll, we'll get more of that in episode six yeah. when that comes out. Uh, but I, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, Lois says, you lied to me, Superman. And Clark says, I didn't lie to you. I just didn't tell you everything. So that is his excuse. Uh, didn't lie. Just omitted uh, some information from <laughs> the uh, package <laughs> of facts. Uh, so there is that. So I think um, I think they both had reason to do what they did. So I don't fault one of them over the other. It's uh, it's one of those things that's just like in any normal relationship with people. There may be things you don't want to tell somebody right away when you first meet them. I mean, how long have Clark and Lois known each other, really? Um, I don't know that's where true. we don't have a we don't have a good amount of we don't have a good feel for how much time has really passed in these like five episodes. Has it been months? Has it been only a couple of weeks? Like, I don't know. Like they just kind of met each other interning at the Daily Planet. So it's not like um, it's not like, oh, this is my friend from childhood. Yeah, is this like a summer internship? Did yeah, like did they I just like I don't know hang how long he's been weeks? holding out on you, Lois. Like <laughs> It's not been that long. <laughs> I mean, do you do you tell somebody you just met, like, oh, by the way, I'm an alien from a different planet, and I have superpowers, and I don't really know much about everything the, from my past? Like, you don't start with that when you first get to know somebody. That's so. usually how I introduce myself to people. <laughs> <laughs> just get it out of the way. Just be real. I don't know why that. I don't make more friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Electra WWF in the chat uh, makes a good point. Lois has also had a lot of baggage about lying because she said her dad would lie to her all the time and didn't even tell her when her mother was sick. She did talk about in that in that stairwell scene. Um, so uh, there is a reason to uh, have issues in terms of Lois. I feel like um, so Mark brings something up in the chat. Um, I, I'm not sure if we want to talk about it yet because it's more of an episode six thing. We why don't we star it? Okay, come, we'll come we'll come back to it uh, because yeah we'll we'll try because to discuss. I, who I suspect that, is. that um that Lois's relationship with her father. As a as a tease here, is going to become a bigger part of the season, possibly. Eventually, <laughs> yes, that could cause some very interesting drama moving forward. Um, okay, so we've talked about Lois and Clark. That's a that's a big one, probably the biggest part of the episode. Um, but equally, I think, I mean, just right underneath it is the reveal that Jimmy learns that he is the Steve. Of his friend group. <laughs> <laughs> Always yeah. a tough thing to learn, honestly. <laughs> so Morgan, what did you think about uh, Jimmy going out on assignment uh, with Steve Lombard? Um, first off, I love Steve. I'm like now a Steve super fan. Um, <laughs> I like that he's like Steve is like a, a really has dedicated so much of his life now like to being a super troll of Flamebird. Oh, oh. Did that not come through? Did that not come through? It didn't. Oh, I said it my stream deck. I could hear it on my end, but it didn't come across. With, oh man, that's okay. I'll just I'll just manually do it. Caca! <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, apparently my my stream deck. I got it all set up. I even have 
even have it's still going. Oh, it's looping. I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta take it off loop. But I even set up a um on my stream deck. So I bought the stream deck so I'd be able the to do the sound effect so better. Beautiful. Yeah, and I have little flame bird icons. Gorgeous. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to do more experimentation now of uh how to get the flame bird uh effect off the stream deck and make that a little better because that did not work as i wanted to but you said <laughs> you set me up really well thank I'll, you I'll, I'll, I'll have the trigger going though yeah be ready yes. um, no but i thought it was really funny that like this this channel with like seven followers um, already has like a dedicated hater and like that Steve has now like, <laughs> dedicated enough of his life to this that he's like, come with me, kid. I need to make a real snappy comeback to this. I'm going to crush this flame bird channel. Oh, come on. I hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> a work in progress. Yes, we're we're figuring some things out. <laughs> It's just so funny to me, like the idea of like, no, no, I'm going to like, this guy is out of control and all of his seven followers are being misled. Like, <laughs> I don't know, dude, like there's probably some other places you can direct your, your old attention to. But, and I also like that his sick, his sick burns was like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> listen, love Steve, uh, love Steve's lifestyle. I also now, I feel like now that I know more about Steve, now that Steve and I have connected on like a deep level from this episode, <laughs> I want to know like, what is Steve's tragic backstory? Because it's there because Steve is like, <laughs> Steve's like, listen, Jimmy, I know a Steve when I see one, Jimmy's like, please don't say that to me. And he's like, no, nah, nah, dude, like you've been left behind by your friends. I'm like, who hurt Steve? Somebody like, did. There was like, there was a setup of like, oh, Steve is like, Steve is suffering. Steve is in pain. Steve is in deep spiritual pain. And that's why he's trolling a channel with seven followers. It makes sense. <laughs> Most trolls are. But like, what is, what is Steve's tragic backstory? Did like Kat and the other one in his department like become super best friends and leave Steve behind? That's sort of what it seemed like. Uh, sort I think of what it seemed like, Ronnie, right? Ronnie Troop and Cat Grant. Yeah, Ronnie and Cat. Um, like, I I want to know what the story uh, with Ronnie, Cat, and Steve was. Or maybe because, maybe it's some other group of people. Maybe, maybe it's, it's another group of, group of. Maybe it's every group of friends. Is like <laughs> he's always the Steve in that group of friends. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets slowly phased out until he's like, I gotta take down this YouTube channel. <laughs> No. Nah. So, so do you so do you think the uh, the overconfidence that Steve Lombard has is it just trying to compensate for the the sadness in his heart over uh, being the Steve of his friend group? Yeah, I mean, I think he was like, "Listen, Jimmy, I'm going to show you the ropes, kid. This is you. You don't have to be sad about being left out by your friends because there's other things you can do. Is there maybe like a low follower social media channel that you want to harass day and night? Because <laughs> that's what I. That's what I found my passion, and I want you to find yours. I just I I thought it was funny. I also like the idea of like him being really excited that Jimmy is behind Flamebird. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And being like, yo, bro, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> he's got all this time, like, trolling Flamebird and being like, nah. And uh, and then he meets the person behind the channel and he's like, your stuff is great. It's all wrong. But like, <laughs> I, love, I love that we can bond like this. Listen, I'm just saying, I think that Jimmy was writing off Steve's too soon. I think Steve's probably a fun hang. I think Steve can get him in all the best sports games in the whole 
uh, in the whole city. I think Steve probably knows some places to get some good drinks. And I think Steve will uh, debate him for hours about the existence of the Loch Ness Monster. And I feel like that's actually the friend that Jimmy wants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I think what would solve the beef between Flamebird <laughs> and the Gnaw Channel is that they do yeah. a collab. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got a team like, up. Yeah. For all we know, the Gnaw Channel has like five oh, followers. Actually, I've got analytics know. On, on the Gnaw yes. Channel. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So Steve's been making these um, these response videos to Flamebird. And so this is really getting him the the big views here. Oh, so, yeah, sure. Um, so Take taking down the man. <laughs> so uh, Steve Lombard's not video about Flamebird's theory about Atlantis has 7000 views. Oh, my God. So he had 7000 views. For okay. His response. All right. And some of the other videos, I don't know what the topic were uh, on these not channel videos one video had 176,000 views whoa he's another semi-viral <laughs> another another one uh had 213,000 views then his his biggest his best video performance 313,000 views whoa so steve so steve's like becoming an influencer off the back of this channel who has yes. like seven followers he's like listen <laughs> nah nah he's gonna be like the uh, the corn kid he's gonna do like a uh he's gonna do like a <laughs> some sort of a promotion with somebody who ha like says no all the time <laughs> he's gonna be on a commercial where he's like no <laughs> nah <laughs> and i say nah well uh, i want to know uh you know uh flamebird has mm. has a lot of thoughts on things and and shares the reason why uh the opinions are on that channel but uh, steve really didn't steve was just saying not nah. like what was his uh reasoning for disagreeing with flamebird i don't know that there really was one no steve's just disagreeing to disagree steve's just like trying to fill the empty hole in his life <laughs> uh, with approval from strangers and you can't do that steve <laughs> but uh i thought that was i thought it was it was funny that he's he's going viral for like dunking on this this youtube like this whatever channel uh, that has like no no viewers. It's really funny, and and it does make sense. It is the internet, right? So of course that was what would go viral is the the guy just going like nah. Yeah, the uh, the more negative one definitely would uh, go a little more uh, viral. There, uh, mind the gap says Steve started a hateful subreddit <laughs> just for fun. So. That's a that's a total Steve move for sure. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Uh, Carrie in the chat says or asks, "Are we going to find out Steve is a task force ex uh, I guess agent member or adjacent member keeping tabs on the super friends, which is why he broke from Cat and Ronnie." Oh, maybe there's a betrayal. Maybe Ooh. something happened with his his friends there, and uh, that's why he is no longer friends with them. And uh, Mark has a question about this, and I think I need to get something ready. Uh, do we think Steve's videos uh, link back to the original Flamebird videos, or is he the kind of jerk that does reactions without linking back? Uh, mm. I, I think yes. Steve, Steve needs to put Flamebird's links in his video mm -hmm. description. I think that's yeah, only you fair. Gotta. Yeah. His, uh, he's he's getting so many views. He could be bringing more people to the good word of Flamebird. Yeah, he really he really should. That's that's just YouTube 
etiquette is that you should be linking back. So I but think Steve does seem like he's he's somebody who might be like rude like that. I was like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> and I, I thought it was uh sad for Jimmy though, because he had to be the cameraman for Steve's not video. He kind of got <laughs> Yeah, it. that was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately for him, that is what happened. But I, I thought the time with um with Steve I thought was good. So I, I actually I'm like you. I kind of want to know more about Steve Lombard and uh, knowing more of his story. So I hope we get to meet the Daily Planet members like that. I hope we get to uh, get to hear their stories just as much because I think it it builds out that world a little more uh, to have, you know, our three main cast members, but then knowing who they interact with, I think makes their stories are a little better. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the Jimmy Steve storyline in this episode? I just I I find myself wanting to to know more about Steve. I need his backstory. I need to know who hurt him. Uh, I basically just need more Steve. I feel like we're gonna get more Steve, but I feel like this was a this episode was like a the, a hint of like a deeper lore for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope we get some of that. All right. Well, moving on because uh, we got two episodes to get through. Um, so this uh, episode introduced the uh, criminal known as Heat Wave, which I I think. Morgan, uh, you should probably uh, yeah, be familiar I might know a little with. bit about. I might know uh, a little bit about Heatwave. So, what did you think about my adventures with Superman's interpretation of Heatwave? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I didn't connect that that was Heatwave. Um, but now I do. Well, they they say uh, the name Rory. And uh, then the uh, the the weaponry was heat related. And that, I think, okay, I think also in the credits, maybe I looked it up somewhere. Yeah, heat, I think was heat wave. Unless, like, specifically pointed out to me, I would have been like, neat villain. But I would, <laughs> <laughs> after uh, you know, seven years of Legends of Tomorrow, I would have been like. Oh, that's Heat Wave. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like the heat could have been like a bigger part of the character, you know, the the actual heat wave of it all. Because it felt like it was, there was so much happening in this episode, I think in particular, that like it didn't really stand out to me. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of focus on Heat Wave uh, and the, the criminal things going on. I think Heat Wave was just a setup that someone was kidnapping criminals. I yeah, think that was kind of the main thing there. Uh, Morgan has uh, uh, Mark has a theory. Morgan, uh, oh, about who this uh, version said, of Heatwave is? It's mixed daughter from Legends. Listen, I buy it because um, you know the criminal, you know the sort of criminal family history. Um, sure, yeah, I I like that. Yeah, Mark <laughs> says I made that up, but it's my head cannon now. So I, I think we'll, we'll we'll go with that. And I mean, uh, Mick ended up having so many. Uh, so many children at the end of his run. Um, weird story for everybody who watched. Uh, but who knows? That could have been one of his many, many children, his half alien children. We don't know. We don't. Oh. We don't want to judge anyone's life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will go with that theory until we are told otherwise. I think that's a fair way to read that. Uh, and speaking of villains, so uh, I guess we could talk about the general now sure. uh, because we got introduced we we got a little more with task force x uh but we also uh really got to know the general in this episode um so 
uh, Mark in the chat says, are we pretty sure that the general with Waller at the end? Well, at the end of episode six, but the general is mentioned in episode five. So we can talk about this now. Yeah. Uh, do you think that, who do you think, do you have thought, I guess I should say, do you have thoughts about the general? Cause Mark thinks the general is maybe Lois Lane's father, general Sam Lane. Yeah. I also think that that yeah, was so my, <laughs> that was my big theory. I was like, no one else has thought of this. <laughs> I am the so only one like flame bird. Oh, 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 stop. <laughs> I'm also good at coming up with theories. Uh, no, I was, uh, I, I assumed everybody had just kind of assumed that that was um, um, Lois's dad, just based off of like, he's a general and they call him the general, um, which is kind of a weird nickname. Well, you uh, can't call him general lane. Just exactly. Exactly. They don't want to like, it's like they're, go they're going out of their way not to like name this character. It's like, Oh, general blah. Like, Hey general, but like no last name. Like that's weird. So like it, <laughs> they're working too hard to make him like mysterious and like, who could it be? It's like, well, I mean, we all know that like <laughs> Lois Lane has a father who's a general, so I'm just going to, like, put those two giant puzzle pieces together here. <laughs> just assume. Watch, it's going to be the turnout. He's, like, general somebody else completely. And they're like, gotcha. Speaking of which, in the chat, uh, Live Inverter 25 says it might be Wade uh, Eiling, Eiling? Eiling, who is known as the general in the comics. Ah, so, so there's some it, other it options. Could be. It could be. I mean, anything is possible. Yes. But I think <laughs> what is most probable is that that's Lois' dad. <laughs> well, like, uncool, Mr. Blaine. Uncool. Mr. General. Mr. Uh, General, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think if it was uh, General Sam Lane, that would cause quite the uh, the uh, problem for both yeah. Lois and poor Superman, I think. I mean, that would be pretty complicated. <laughs> Yeah, so that could get interesting if that is the case, if it is General Lane. Um, what I thought was interesting about the general in this episode is that he calls Amanda Waller Mandy. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. And I was like, oh, I always kind of I what, it, like put me on a tangent that was like completely unrelated to the episode where I was like, I always kind of forget that Mandy is like a nickname for Amanda. That's so interesting. And I was like, is Mandy more just a Mandy or is she an Amanda more? And then before I knew it, I had to like <laughs> rewind because I had like gone down an unrelated rabbit hole mentally. And I was like, oh, boy, this is <laughs> Gotta go so, back. I missed some dialogue. <laughs> so did you get the sense? Because this is what the sense that I got with the use of Mandy is that maybe the general and Amanda Waller uh, had a familiarity. They seemed pretty close. They seemed pretty, pretty close. Like Mandy listened to him. Like, <laughs> I, just, I just can't imagine anybody going up to Amanda Waller and being like, hey, Mandy. Hey, girl. <laughs> and her not like immediately murdering that person. <laughs> just like on the spot. But he, he was like, Mandy, let's not do this. And she's like, okay. So it, felt like, <laughs> so it felt like maybe there was some history there. Yeah, I thought that was uh, noteworthy to point out that uh, he called her Mandy. So I don't know if we'll get any more backstory <laughs> on their relationship. But there seemed to be a, a familiar uh, uh, dynamic between the two of them. All right. So uh, this episode, uh, you will believe a man can lie. Uh, mm -hmm. Any any other thoughts before we wrap up? 
No, I liked this one a lot. I, I think it kind of continues the trend of how much I enjoy this show. Um, from uh, from my anime shout out, um, the little corner that I do, uh, I thought that the robot in this one looked a lot like the robots from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay. It looks like an Eva unit. That's funny. And then he like ripped all the arms off and stuff. And I was like, okay, good, good for you. Um, but I don't know if that was purposeful, but they do seem to be doing some like general anime shout outs, um, within the show. So maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, maybe I'm aging myself by the nineties esque of the shout out. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that was cool. I, I continue to like how they like incorporate some of the anime stuff because they did uh, they did as well in the next episode where they have like the the creatures popping up with like the like the fun backgrounds where it's like ah this weird guy and this weird guy <laughs> like, that is incredibly anime i love that yeah that uh, now that you mentioned it I, d- I did not know anything about uh neon genesis uh how did you pronounce that yeah, Evan- Evangelion. Evangelion. I uh, was not familiar with that, but in looking at some pictures from it, uh, they kind of do look like that. So I think that's fair. I think that's a good observation. Uh, I also enjoyed this episode. I thought it's uh, it had a lot of good character beats, especially uh, for all the characters, which I think it, it's interesting. Uh, with Superman stories, I think it's easy to write for Clark and Lois, but sometimes you forget about the Jimmy stuff. Yeah, and, uh, I've been really impressed that the show is making an actual effort to write stories for Jimmy Olsen, which I really appreciate. I think that's why I've enjoyed him so much is because I'm actually getting to know Jimmy Olsen because he's becoming an actual uh, character. So that has been really fun to watch. I'm seeing in the chat that um, that uh, Mind the Gap says the Justice League cartoon also did an Evangelion shout out in one episode. And um, they mentioned that the next episode robots look like um, robots from ooh, uh, Gurren uh, Lagan, which I have never heard of. Um, but I'm sure that is probably a reference that they were making. So I, I do like these like little Easter eggs where if like, if you're an anime fan, you might notice and be like, Hey, that reminds me of like this show or like this sequence in this thing that we see a lot of. Uh, and I continue to think that that's really fun. Yeah. I appreciate that they really committed to a genre and have, uh, been sticking to it. I think for the most part, even with my limited anime watching, Um, I think there are elements of anime that I can see while I'm watching the show. So I think that's been um, done really well in terms of the animation. Okay, so now let's uh, switch gears and uh, talk about, I guess, maybe not switch gears, maybe just uh, continue with the same gears, but like in a different way. I don't know. That analogy is not very good. (laughs) Uh, But let's uh, get to talking about the sixth episode of My Adventures with Superman, which is titled uh, My Adventures with Mad Science. Uh, So this episode description from Max reads, quote, when Jimmy gets kidnapped, it's up to Lois and Clark to save him, unquote. So uh, Jimmy Olsen, this is kind of a big uh, Jimmy episode. In the previous episode, he was supposed to go uh, camping, uh, for a Bigfoot with Clark and Lois, and they've um, didn't show up. They've stood him up because they had all this drama going on and all of these things <laughs> happening. And so he just goes into the woods by himself, which I don't recommend to anyone. That's a bad 
mistake. It's a it's a big uh, no no that you should never go into the woods, especially at night by yourself. Stay out of the woods. Take a take a friend. Go with a group. Don't go by yourself. Never go hiking by yourself. <laughs> um, but Jimmy does it anyway because he wants to get um, some new content for Flamebird, and <laughs> so he is out in the woods looking for Bigfoot. And while he is out there at the end of episode five. He gets pulled into uh, the woods and kidnapped. So this is where we are starting with episode six. Um, so Jimmy actually gets to meet his kidnappers. So what did you think, Morgan, about Monsieur Mala and the brain? Um, I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like their I like their lifestyle, their simple life of peace. Uh <laughs> creating black holes but really living oh, a simple life of peace a simple life of peace i like that uh, mark in the chat says now that we're on episode six i want to know if rebecca's tagline is implying that she has an unstable black hole and an army of mutants in her house would i tell you if i did oh. <laughs> it's a simple life of peace uh, uh, I, I, that that joke throughout the episode like took me out every single time where like, <laughs> something would reveal itself and and th they would like turn to him and he was like but besides this, it's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly peaceful. Um, I I love their backstory that like this um this super intelligent ape, uh and and this guy fell in love, you know, with their beautiful souls, and then <laughs> and then the guy lost his body in like a freak accident. Now he's just a floating brain, but like they're still in love, you know. <laughs> You know, time changes us all, but it doesn't change what's inside or what's in your floating brain. And I, I love that. Honestly, I think they're kind of couple goals. <laughs> That's, it is it is uh, unusual and it's kind of borderline uh, bestiality a little bit. Uh, but, uh, but he's but, so smart, Rebecca. <laughs> but he is. Uh, Monsieur Mala is very intelligent. Also very um, caring, uh, very intuitive yeah. about Jimmy's emotions, which I thought uh, was a very surprising that he was like, Jimmy, you feel like you're being bothered by something. Would you like to talk about it? Um, so I, <laughs> that was my favorite like twist where like they're about to kill him. And he's like, wait a minute, Jim, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Let's get the saws out of here. What's going, what's really going on in here? <laughs> I was like, oh, I love that this, I love that this guy, this, uh, this ape is like, yeah, no, let's, let's sit and talk about it. Let's like really hash it out. Cause when I first saw that there, it was like, you know, he was like an ape guy. I was like, oh, is it, um, is it the one Gorilla Grodd? Gorilla Grodd. That's what I thought initially. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I was like, oh, it's Gorilla Grodd. Like I've never heard him with a French accent, but okay. That's <laughs> a new interpretation of the character. Uh, but no, I like this so much better. He was, uh, he was wild. I loved him. He really did care about Jimmy. Like at the end of the, the episode, spoiler alert, when they go off into their new, you know, their new universe before they go, he hugs Jimmy. They have like a touching moment. And I was like, Oh, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, uh, super intelligent French gorilla has been teased for a couple of episodes. Yes. Uh, yeah, they've, they mentioned him a couple of times. So now we get the uh, reveal that all, all of Jimmy's conspiracy theories on Flamebird are real. Um, I, I should point out that the brain and Monsieur Mala are uh, DC Comics characters. They are in uh, the DC Comics lore. Uh, Monsieur Mala uh, appeared first appearance in DC Comics was Doom Patrol number 86 from March 1964. 
which I believe is the same issue in which the brain also debuted Doom Patrol number 86, March 1964. Um, so they've been around for quite a long time in DC Comics, and it sort of makes sense to me now that they would have first appeared in DC Comics uh, through Doom Patrol. That that feels right to me that <laughs> they would be uh, uh, in a Doom Patrol story because Doom Patrol is pretty uh, wacky. Um, but I did enjoy that um, that Jimmy seemed, uh, this is like, to me, wh what I loved about this episode is it's sort of Jimmy's whole world revealing itself to be true is like the greatest thing I think that could happen to Jimmy. <laughs> he's in his, he's in this facility. The Loch Ness monster is there. These weapons that he theorized. He's so real. excited about it. He's like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was I was trying to think what what would my because I love a conspiracy theory. Uh, I recently uh, just uh, last night was going down another Je Jeffrey Epstein uh, YouTube rabbit hole, and um, like, those are those are very scary. <laughs> those are very scary, and so uh, so I was wondering if like you know would 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 my weird thing in that facility be like that weird sundial on the Epstein Island? that nobody knows why it was there and what it was used for. Would that be in that facility? If that was like my conspiracy theory dream could come <laughs> true. I don't know what it would be. Cause I don't that's, know. If, that's a good one. I feel like my conspiracy theory dream come true is like, I, I wake up and I like, there's a giant talking ape to me and I'm like, great, this is amazing. And then he <laughs> tells me like, Morgan, I know, I know all the answers to all the open true crime mysteries. <laughs> and I'm like, what and like the brain flies in he's like let me tell you about john bonnet and i'm like ah! <laughs> so yeah like i feel like like these uh the like the unsolved mystery kind of true crimes of like actually we know the answer uh although i feel like they would all be very disappointing uh, well and we, like, oh, we all know the answer to the john bonnet story <laughs> Katy Perry is the grown-up version that, of Jean Benet. We know true. this. This Jean is a fact. This it's is Katy Perry. You're right. You're right. It is. <laughs> that is one of my favorite like conspiracy theories. It's just so wild. It's like, are, are people okay though? <laughs> <laughs> did you know this is a, a sidetrack? But did you know that people have actually like uh, snuck up on the Jeffrey Epstein Island, Saint Little Saint James? No, <laughs> like. In Traded it. I would. I would. This. This is why we got a rabbit hole. <laughs> I was watching all these videos of people going on the island and like going up to that temp, that weird temple that was up there, and getting shots of it, and then getting these close-up shots of this weird sundial that was out there by the temple. And I was just like, "What was happening?" On I, I don't want to know what was happening. <laughs> to be fair, though, like I also love like abandoned places, like the Ooh. people who go into uh, like abandoned places, and they're like, it could be any. Anything. If anything has been abandoned for a significant amount of time, it's spooky. It doesn't matter what it is. It's like, this is a mall that has nothing in it. I'm like, yeah, go through the mall. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm judging, but like, I can't judge. <laughs> well, it gets weird, that whole island situation, because somebody, some anonymous person did drone footage of the island. And then like YouTube took down all the footage and it's no longer available on the internet. And all these people are going onto the island, like trying to like get away from the security on the island, because people are still <laughs> on the island. And those they're like trying to poor, confirm the things that were in the guards drone are footage. like, my God. <laughs> What is my Just leave life? us alone. Just get off here. Let us live. Uh, I see so that mine the gap said I I prefer fun conspiracy theories like Kid Rock hired a lookalike to do the partying while he stays home. I love just, that. 
I mean, that's just something that I would do because I only want to do so, so much partying and then I'm <laughs> tired. Uh, so I would definitely hire a lookalike. I feel like that's just a common practice with really famous people. They just have like a, a clothes. Not, not a clothes necessarily, just but put like put on a lookalike. Like big, uh, big sunglasses and like a hat. And then you're like, I'm pretty sure that's Kid Rock, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't see his face, but he has the same height and, and weight and uh, hair color. Rock and clothes. the same vibe. I get that. <laughs> gotta be him uh that's so funny but yeah this was like jimmy's dream to just like wake up and like every theory that he had was true and he's vindicated he's like take that steve (laughs) yes everything on flame bird was true (laughs) he had gotten everything right um, so I really, I, I was very happy for Jimmy on a Good personal note. Uh, how, how often do we get all of our conspiracy theories uh, true and visible like that? I thought that that was really great. And uh, I thought it was actually very prof- profound what he said. His his last words right before he thought he was going to die at the hands of the brain and Monsieur Mala. He says, go ahead and open my brain. At least someone cares what I think. And <laughs> I, so I, was just, I was like, that's actually a really great line that like what he thought became reality here in this facility uh, uh, that has uh, a Cadmus link to it. So that's a that's a pretty uh, interesting uh, thing because Cadmus has notoriously done some uh, shady things in DC mm-hmm. Comics as well as the Supergirl TV series. Uh, so uh, it was worth noting that uh, they had stumbled upon Cadmus and this is uh, where Monsieur Mala and the Brain have been doing experiments <laughs> in creating black holes and uh, were uh, basically attacked by Task Force X. So, um, so Task Force X is kind of all up in this story with all these different characters. Uh, so I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, so in addition to Jimmy getting his uh, dreams coming true in uh, the Cadmus facility, there's also some other drama going on uh, in attempt to find Jimmy because uh, Clark and Lois in the previous episode uh, have kind of come to blows over some lies and some, some secrets and some lies. And uh, now they are uh, unifying to try to find Jimmy because they're both concerned about their good friend. They're Steve of their group. They are going to go and find him. Uh, so Morgan, what did you think about uh, Clark and Lois in the woods looking for Jimmy? Uh, I, they were looking for Jimmy, but they found each other. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was a good, like these two episodes actually, because we had to watch them together to catch up. They work together really well, actually, yeah. uh, because in the the last episode, Clark and Lois end in a pretty bad spot. Lo, um, Jimmy ends up in a bad spot. Like everybody's really fractured in the previous episodes, and in this episode, it's sort of the process of them all coming back together. And so, having Clark and Lois have to work together to find Jimmy was such a good way to get those two characters and like. Not, I was going to say a room together, but they're in the woods. Uh, but to get them in one space where they have to, like, talk through their issues. Yeah, they definitely uh, did a lot of talking and trying to go uh, over what has happened to them. Uh, but there was uh, definitely a lot of action in there as well. One thing I thought was interesting that maybe, I, I, I don't know this for sure, but uh, as soon as they kind of start out into the woods, Clark and Lois, they pass by a spider web where a spider was going to collect her prey. And I assume it was a prey because most of the orb weavers 
I know of are female spiders. I don't know. There may be a situation if you're in the chat and you're an entomologist, please let me know. Uh, but if, uh, if there are orb weavers that are male, I've never heard of them. So uh, every time I've heard somebody talk about or uh, see an orb weaver spider that weaves uh, a spider web, uh, it's been a female who does all of the work. So I thought it was interesting that here in the episode, there's this visual of a, a, a female spider going to collect her prey. So I was like, I don't know, is there something to that? Is Lois the spider? Is Clark the prey? And like, she's like giving, you know, letting him have it there in the woods. I don't know. I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was an interesting choice. They didn't have to put a spider catching her prey in there. So is yeah. there a deeper mm. meaning to that? I don't know. Uh, but they do they do go out into the woods, which uh, Jimmy calls uh, Cadmus Area 52. So I guess Ooh. they're kind of in the uh, Area 52, not Area 51, Area 52. Um, so what did you think about them um, uh, getting into some trouble with the Omax? Because uh, I, I thought it was uh, also worth noting that uh, Clark saves Lois's life and um, maybe loses his shirt. So. Yeah. Yeah. They, they bulleted that shirt right off of him, didn't they? <laughs> oh, no. Uh <laughs> I thought that was a very funny, uh, it's a very funny gag that like the, the bullets like ripped his shirt off in like a dramatic, like uh romantic hero type fashion. It's like, Oh, okay. And then he has a, obviously a very like romantic line with, with Lois where, um, where she was like, did you know that you were bulletproof? And he says, I just knew that you weren't. And I was like, okay, no, it's all right. Love is beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they've been doing such a good job with the Clark and Lois relationship and like making it so compelling to watch and like taking their time with it. Like, I feel like sometimes you'll see like a Superman thing or honestly, any show where there's like a canon couple where like, the people who are doing or writing, doing the writing on a show or a book or something like that, they're like, everyone knows these two get together. So like, whatever, together. But like, this show is really like, no, Clark and Lois are like part of the heart of this show and their relationship is part of the heart of the show. And like, we're gonna, we're gonna give you some fun romance. And like, thank you. I really, <laughs> I'm really appreciating it. So I, I, as goofy as I thought it was that the bullets ripped his shirt off, but like not his pants. <laughs> Listen, it, it's, it's still a it's still a, a g-rated pg-rated show right and i was like uh oh uh i thought that was really funny um but i i like that they got to have like a nice romantic moment in that in that scene yeah it's a a contrast to uh supergirl i guess it was season six when the writers just didn't want to show us a kelly finding out that Kara was Supergirl. Oh God! Because they were like, "Oh, it's been done before on the show. You don't have to see that. that you don't have to see a a, a growth in no. their uh, relationship at all. No, you don't want to have to. You don't want to have to see a major milestone for the character and a relationship." <laughs> Yeah, uh, so it's definitely a contrast to that. Uh, New Rachel in the chat says Area 52 for obvious uh, DC Universe oh, reasons. Uh, probably uh, for the, yeah, the New 52 yeah. era. They, anytime they use a, a number in DC uh, shows, movies, comics, they usually use uh, 52 for that. Um, Electra WWF says, uh, I thought it was neat that Lois has survival training. Uh, so she's in the woods uh, doing the tracking 
talking about uh, learning how to use a compass and everything. I wonder if her father, the general, taught her oh, how to do that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they uh, go into the woods. They sort of, it seemed like they worked out their issues for the most part. But I think what really, the episode really culminates with their, they find Jimmy and they have a conversation about the secret identity with Jimmy. So uh, what what did you think about the realization that Jimmy also knows that Clark Kent? That one, honestly, that one I, I did not see coming. Uh, oh, I, was, I think I called surprised. it very early. I, yeah. I feel like I said something about, oh, I think he I knows. Think you, I think you said that in like the first episode <laughs> when he's like constantly breaking alarm clocks. And you're like, how yes. does Jimmy not know? And I was like, I don't know. Jimmy seems a little bit doofy. Maybe he just doesn't know. Um, but it turns out, yeah, he just knew. And he was just like, yeah, I'm just waiting for you to tell me whenever you're ready. You know, some supportive bro. And <laughs> I thought that that was really, really funny that it turns out that he knew this like this whole time. And he was just waiting for Clark to be ready to tell him. Um, I liked about I liked the the twist there because I feel like we've we've sort of seen some of this in other, you know, other super family stories. We saw it in Supergirl where, you know, Kat knew for a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, I like the idea that like, he spent a lot of time around Clark and Clark has only just started like delving into how his powers work. So yeah, he was probably gonna not be good at his powers for a long time. And it's a little hard to, uh, to sort of cover that up when you're living with somebody and constantly breaking door handles. <laughs> I, it, it throws back to the conspiracy theory angle of Jimmy Olsen in this version of the Superman mythos that, he is being rewarded for having all of these theories because in some ways Lois is really smart because she's doing some investigative work and, and going after the truth. But so is Jimmy. He's just doing it in a more unorthodox kind of stranger way, but he's doing the same thing where he's going after the truth. He, he might be going after different truths, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, truths nobody wants to talk about because they don't believe him, um, but he's being rewarded. And I, I actually really like that, that they are saying Jimmy has all these kooky conspiracy theories, but he's right about every single one of them. And I just love it's that so, so funny. much. So he has been able to pinpoint this alien in his apartment <laughs> and knowing uh, Clark's secret. I, maybe he doesn't know that Clark is an alien yet, but he knows he has superpowers of some kind. But I'm pretty sure that he thinks uh, that uh, Superman is an alien. Because I want to say he said something about how... Um, because I think in one of the previous episodes, they were like, who, who is he? Who is Superman? And, and Jimmy was like, he's an alien. I think he's. <laughs> so yeah, I think oh, he, that's right. Yeah, I think he did say that. He was like, yeah, obviously he's an alien. <laughs> so I think that. Um, so I think he is connected to the dots, not only the Clark is Superman, but that Superman is an alien. Um, but I thought it was really funny that um, Lois gets upset with Jimmy for knowing this whole time, but not telling her. And then Jimmy gets upset with Clark for telling Lois before telling him. So I thought that it was funny that they both figured out that they knew the secret, but it was, it happened in a different way. So <laughs> I enjoyed it, that. It reminded me a little bit of like that friends episode. If you've ever seen friends where like, 
it becomes known that Monica and Chandler are hooking up, but then they don't want to tell that they know. And then at the end, it's like, I didn't know that you knew that I knew that you, you knew that I knew. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of what it felt like at the end of this episode where it's like, you know, and they're like, you know, <laughs> and then Clark is like, you knew. <laughs> it's like just everybody like doing the Spider-Man meme of like pointing at each other <laughs> from afar. <laughs> yeah. Um, that brings up a really good question. So Carrie in the live chat says, uh, both Lois and Jimmy are about exposing truths. How do they sit on this story? Morgan, do you have an answer to that question? Uh, I think it's a pretty big like, story. It's a pretty big story, but it's also your friend. Uh, and, you know, he just took a bunch of bullets for you. Where's his shirt? It's gone now. And that's, <laughs> that shirt died so that you can live. And so I feel like you owe a certain amount to your friends. Like, you know, maybe don't blow him up uh, on the newspaper of record in your city. Uh, that's got to make his life a little complicated. It also also justify him not telling you. And you want to win in that regard. So... I feel like I can make the connections. It's like, yeah, I mean, at some point, like the personal is probably like a little bit more important than the professional. Yeah, that's always the uh, tough dynamic, especially when Lois Lane learns uh, the secret identity, because Lois is uh, especially a character who is defined by truth, wanting to seek the truth, being about the truth, representing truth. So for her not to tell the truth is a, a contradictory, a, a contradictory in terms, I guess, a little bit. Um, does she keep, do, 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 especially in this version, do Lois and Jimmy keep it in order um, to protect Clark? Is that a protection for him so that people don't find out where he lives, don't come out, the government doesn't come after him or his family? You know, that's kind of the big thing with the secret identity is protecting your friends and your family. So uh, I think they would probably understand the gravity of that situation. Yeah, there were like some reasons he doesn't just walk around telling all of his new friends, by the way, I'm Superman. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I think they understood, they understand like why he wouldn't want that out there necessarily. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it uh, because they, all three of them work at the Daily Planet. They're around people like Steve who are trying to uh, hit down theories and, uh, people like Cat Grant, who is all about gossip and human interest, wanting to know things. So how do they keep that from the people they work with at the Daily Planet? That will be an interesting uh, thing to see if that's something that they choose to explore with My Adventures with Superman. Um, well, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you about, Morgan, about episode six is at the very end of the episode, there is a cliffhanger, which we, I think we've pointed out before on the podcast that this show does a really good job with cliffhangers. It really does. It's uh, still still doing a really good job with them. Although this cliffhanger, I was a little confused about because the general is seen talking with a man who I was like, who is this? And uh, turns out, I think, I did some digging, and I think that man was supposed to be Dr. Ivo, who we saw uh, kind of injured after his parasite incident. So now it seems like the general and Dr. Ivo are teaming up together. So, Morgan, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, he was. I, I also took me a second, too, because the last time we saw him, he was all shriveled up like a prune. Yeah. Um, and this time, I guess they had, like, you know, dried him out or something. Uh but he did. St he looked a lot like 
he did in the the previous episode where he was in except he has like a scar now oh yeah and he's, he's like a little gray uh so it's been it's been a tough time for dr ivo but <laughs> yeah i was wondering like what are they going to do with all that technology from um cu our couple's goals uh <laughs> um the brain and monsieur mala uh, yes uh yeah i mean i think that they are probably not looking to live a simple life of peace if I was guessing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I'm wondering what they're going to use, what, what technology in this like lab they're going to use to try to like take down Superman. Mm. Also like, why are they so uh, bent on taking down Superman? I, I kind of get like, yeah, in this universe, he's like brand new and they don't know much about him, but like, he's also like not doing anything like dangerous or criminal so why is it such a priority for them to take him down? Like, I want to know what the general's, uh, like, perspective on this is, as well as, um, as well as our girl Mandy. Um, <laughs> you know, we're on a, you know, we're on a first name basis, basis yeah. with, with, with girl Mandy. Uh, but yeah, they, in the, I think it was, might've been the previous episode. They mentioned, uh, Mandy mentions like, um, when they are thinking about whether or not they should like let a whole bus full of children die um, just to take out Superman. Like, Oh, the next time I can't remember what they, what the actual phrase was like the next time this bad thing happens, it'll like, it'll be on our heads. Right. And I was like, what happened exactly? Like, I want the backstory of like, why are they so, you know, why are they so freaked out by Superman? Like, why do they want to kill him so badly? Like, what is this thing that happened in the past that's like informing their reactions to Superman? So I, I do find like now that we know a little bit more about the villains and like what a little bit of like what they're doing. It does make me interested to know more. Whereas in the first couple episodes, I was like, yeah, okay, technology, technology. I get it. Like, big meccas yeah it's anime uh but now i'm like okay there's like a backstory here and there's like some trauma there might have been some romance with mandy i'm um, in it i'm in this now <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh uh electra wwf has some good thoughts about why they would be wanting to take down superman uh electra wwf says i think they want to take down superman as related to zero day i think that's what it was called when we saw the flashback of a young version of the general staring in the sky uh, staring at the sky in fear. My guess is that Zero Day was when sh Clark's sh ship crashed. Mm. Maybe it caused a lot of destruction. That's a great uh, Jimmy Olsen kind of conspiracy theory. I, I like that. Uh, I, I see another one in the chat. So Rachel says, Clark keeps getting flashbacks. It would make sense if there was some connection between him and the technology that they're using. So that's interesting like maybe they grab something from the ship like maybe some mm. of the technology is like vaguely kryptonian that would be interesting as well yeah because it does seem like task force x is responsible for that or the technology that we've been seeing that's kind of where maybe livewire got it from yeah uh so yeah i think that's i think the flashbacks coming into play i think are, are going to inform a lot of that. So I think those theories are really great. Thank you to everybody in the chat for sharing them. Well, I guess, uh, Morgan, what are your overall thoughts about episode six? I really liked this one. Again, uh, Monsieur Mala and the brain, 
couples goals. I love them. Uh, they were so funny. Uh, they made mutants. They had a little little army of mutants and a black hole. They really had made a life together there, <laughs> and I appreciated that. Um, I, I think the the sort of the lore of what the villains are doing has kind of started to round out, and it's made me more interested in like, okay, like what's going to happen next. Uh, and I like that, like. In some ways, we've gotten all of the, you know, the main characters in the show. We've gotten out of the way them knowing the secret. So, like, now it feels like the, the, the rest of the season can just, like, go in the direction the story needs it to go without being like, oh, yeah. And then, like, but also Jimmy doesn't know that Clark is Superman and Lois doesn't know that Jimmy doesn't know. And blah, 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 blah. Like, we, <laughs> yeah. like, everyone knows that they all know now. Um, so it feels like the show can kind of like pivot a little bit, you know, midway through the season. And I'm excited to see what it look, what the show looks like now that everybody knows the secret. Cause I think it'll be a little bit different now. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a different dynamic between the three of them, especially at work. Uh, so I think that'll be uh, uh, really fun to see. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. But yeah, I loved uh, this episode as well. Um, the, uh, the conspiracy theory stuff I thought was really fun. But the the character beats, I think, just continue to be really good. They've been developing a mythology within the show, but then they haven't forgotten about the characters, which I, I think is really probably more important than the, the plot. You can have a really crappy plot, but if you have really good characters, you can kind of hand wave some stuff. So I think oh, it's, yeah. been, it's been really impressive that they've been able to have a really interesting plot line, but then also continue to have some really strong... Um, uh, character beats, but also the voice acting I've been really impressed with. Uh, the guy who plays Jimmy is just knocking it out of the park. Oh my the god, way, yes. He the way he gets upset, it. Uh, the way he gets upset about everything, or the like when he gets surprised about something, he's very animated, uh, a pun, I guess, intended. Uh, but I really like the voice of Lois, and I think uh, Jack Quaid has done a really good job with Clark and Superman. and um, so the, the voice, the voice acting, I thought has been, uh, I haven't really talked about that much, but I've just noticed over the course of the episodes, I've just completely bought in that these voice actors are these characters and I've never questioned it uh, one time just because they've been so good. So I don't want to uh, go another episode without mentioning uh, how good the voice acting is on this show and the animation also, uh, I think they've did a good job of, um, setting the this the scenes really well and the emotions that come with the uh with the uh animation i think they've done a good job of using the sets and the animation to really tell those stories so i'm still loving the show i'm i'm really i'm like when is there going to be a bad episode there's got to be a bad episode sometime but Listen, it hadn't happened yet. It's, it's all hits just like every ep <laughs> just like every episode of flame bird <laughs> oh no, man! I've I got to get it out. No. I missed it. Uh, so I, I've got to get this stream deck thing working. I was so sure that that was going to work, uh, but yes. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, Jimmy is going to continue to be great. So no matter uh, what he's doing with his channel, <laughs> I think uh, that's going to be great. Um, I did see in the chat, uh, Carrie says, as a side note, I came to your uh, podcast late, so I listened to them at two times the speed to catch up. It's the first time you haven't sounded like chipmunks. <laughs> well, uh, I, I hope you sound sure, okay. I am sure I sound insane at two times speed. So <laughs> God bless. <laughs> you know what? I do, I do that when I l listen to podcasts. 
I just listen two times the speed and I, I get through the episodes uh, a lot quicker. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully everything makes sense and uh, it's not weird when we're slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> they have normal sounding voices? What? <laughs> well, I guess uh, that is going to wrap it up for our uh, thoughts on uh, episodes five and six of my adventures with Superman, but uh, I have some snap uh, judgments for us, Morgan, if, uh, if you would Ooh. like to do them. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so we have a few snap judgments this time because we had to do two different episodes. So first snap judgment, better breakfast food to use in as, as an excuse to save the day, going out for bagels or donuts? I think with donuts, you only get the one time. Like you get the, oh, I have my donut. But with a bagel, you can be like, oh, I forgot the cream cheese. I forgot the extra topping that I want to put on top of it. Uh, so you get more excuses, I think, out of a bagel. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, I am from the great state of New Jersey. We love our pork roll, egg, and cheese here. <laughs> if you get it on a bagel, that's really fun sometimes. So, like, obviously I have to go bagel. And I'll get, as you said, it's like more, oh, no, they forgot the salt, pepper, ketchup. Sorry, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more opportunities to, like, you know, bounce out. <laughs> Uh, new Rachel also says bagels uh, because you can make a sandwich out of it. Exactly. Um, oh, and, uh, Brian also says uh, bagels take longer because they can be toasted. Oh, I love a toasted bagel. My old uh, my old office used to have a like a bagel toaster, and it took an eternity, like an oh, eternity, no. to toast that bagel. And I was just like, I live here now in this little kitchenette. Uh, so <laughs> that could give Clark so much time. So, much time. so many people. <laughs> okay. Murder board or investigation board? Murder board sounds uh, bad. I kind of like turning it around and just calling it an investigation board because you can still investigate a murder with your investigation board. So I'm going to go investigation board. I got to go murder board. I got to go with my heart. <laughs> my heart tells me true crime. Uh, I will say in this case, it wasn't accurate like nobody had been murdered so right. if, if you're like here's my murder board now I, i'm gonna be as a true crime girl i'm gonna be like where's the murder so <laughs> yes, someone murder has to be murdered thing. yes so i feel like you should only use murder board when it like applies to a murderer but when it applies to a murder definitely use murder board <laughs> that's fair um okay you can go camping with jimmy olsen what are you more excited to see bigfoot or the loch ness monster I think the Loch Ness Monster is pretty cool, but I have really studied that Bigfoot footage. <laughs> I've, I've looked at that stuff. And I've, I, I, I also uh, watched part of a documentary one time that was talking about Bigfoots and Bigfoot and aliens. So I'm, I'm not convinced that it, Bigfoot, the footage is totally real, but then I'm also like not, I don't think it was somebody faking it. So I don't know where it is. So I think I would want to get confirmation of Bigfoot. You you want to know. You want to yeah. know what the deal with Bigfoot is. I'm really I'm not I'm not sure about Bigfoot. So I think I would I would want the opportunity for confirmation. This one's a really tough one. Uh but I have to go Loch Ness monster. Oh. I uh a couple uh, I was going to say a couple uh, years ago I went on a tour 
of the Loch Ness. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I went with this guy. I hope he still gives tours because uh, he was the best. Um, he was like, he had like just dedicated himself to the Loch Ness, like to, <laughs> to the sea, essentially, but just the Loch <laughs> He had these like these boats that he would take people on there. He'd give a tour, and he had made him he had made his own little video about the Loch Ness monster, Ooh. like himself. And then he was like trying to sell the video afterwards. It was, <laughs> I was like, "It's sir, it's like it's not the '90s. I don't want your VHS." But um, <laughs> but it was amazing, and he had like put a lot of time, and he like lived right on the Loch just in Ooh. case he saw Nessie. Yeah, uh, alert he hadn't uh, <laughs> so not real but um but anyway i was like nessie and i we're now good friends i believe in her i think she's thriving i think she's wonderful so i would be more excited to meet the loch ness monster i'd be like hey do you remember me from that boat i do remember <laughs> there was like a lot of ducks that were like jumping onto the back of the boat and just kind of riding with us uh halfway across the loch and then jumping off like it was a taxi cab. It was the best thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Did they know something? Was the Loch Ness monster in the water? And so they were like getting on the boat to to escape. I think he just gave these tours so often that they knew the route and they were like, oh, <laughs> like, like a bus, like public transportation. They just knew, like, if I hop on here, it's going to get me to the opposite side of this lock. So they I don't have like, a lot of time. We're going to speed this up. You literally could not shoo them off. They were like, nah, man, this is not my stop yet. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I like to think that they're friends of Nessie's. Yes, so yes. I think that's, I think both can be accurate. <laughs> uh, okay. Which of your Cadmus kidnappers are you more likely to bond with? Monsieur Mala or the brain? I know very limited uh, French. I took four and a half years of French and I'm always looking for ways to practice uh, speaking French, parler le français. So I think I would be like, Monsieur Mala, can we speak only in French? So, oh. So I, I, oui. <laughs> oui. I would only be able to say je vais à la plage to him and he would be like there is no beach around here <laughs> but you know what it pays to dream <laughs> so, um, uh, so I think I would want the opportunity to uh, practice uh, my French I think that's a great reason I think Monsieur Mala he just seems like he has like a very welcoming spirit to him and I just like want to probably like chat about things like what's up with you like how's your life been the brain <laughs> he's more standoffish he's mm. not going to want to chat as much you're not he's not going to want to be like you know sit down for some tea I mean I don't think that he can have any liquids of any kind or else no, that no. On a short circuit so <laughs> you know, we can't just have like can't, we can't just have like a fun little drink and like connect so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Monsieur Malaw on this one too. Uh, okay, and then last but not least, which wilderness survival weekend skill is more useful in the woods? Using a compass or setting bones? Okay, so if you broke a bone, yes, you. All right, let me think about this. Okay, <laughs> so. Even if you knew where you were going, or even if you didn't know where, you, like, let's say you're lost in the woods. Yeah. If you broke a bone, you still, you would not be able to get out. But if you, if you were able to fix your, your bone, or at least uh, make it so that you could walk, you could still find your way out. So I, sure. I, th I think, uh, I think being able to fix a broken bone, uh, I think is probably the best, like. The more important uh, skill. 
I mean, yeah, that is the more important skill, but if you don't break your bones, if you're really careful with all of your bones, <laughs> then, then being able to get out of the woods seems like a more important skill. It's like, if I'm not falling down a ravine, God bless, uh, God willing, like knock on wood, not falling down that ravine. I've made that promise to myself when I go into the woods. I think the more important one for me is getting back out. So I'm going to, because I watched, I saw the Blair Witch Project. I know how it goes when you can't get out of the woods. Mm -mm, it's mm -mm. bad. It's bad. I don't want to be taken out by a Blair Witch anywhere. So I'm going to go <laughs> using a compass because nobody in the Blair Witch Project could, could use a compass. They got lost many times. They did not understand maps or compasses. <laughs> <laughs> and all the bones in that movie were up in the air. Do you remember when that movie came out and it was like a yes. really big deal? My whole neighborhood, like there was like a house on the corner that had big trees and they put all the like the little Blair Witch stuff hanging from the trees, like the bones and the little symbols. And it was so creepy. Uh, I was like, I, well done. Well played on Halloween, sir or ma'am. It took me a long time to realize that it was not real. That was like the first like they had found sold it as, yeah, they had sold it as it was a real movie. So for a while, I yeah. was like, kind of convinced. Like, and they oh were my like, gosh, what these happened? People to these got people? lost in the woods. <laughs> um, but then over time I realized it was like a movie where they had given Great these marketing. people they had given these actors like prompts about the story and so they would have to act it out based on the prompts there was a lot of improvisation and, and things like that um but uh i don't know if you've ever seen it but um oh i forget what his name is but there's a guy he's a comedian who makes these silly movies where he paints a face on his thumb and so he acts out famous movies mm -hmm. like with thumb puppets Oh, that's hilarious. It's so stupid, but the best one that he ever made, and I have a box set of these stupid thumb movies, <laughs> but the best one in it is of the Blair Witch Project. Oh my God. It's called that's the Blair, hilarious. it's called the Blair Thumb. <laughs> and, should, and it's so stupid, but you should watch it because it's actually, it's a good takeoff. It's like a good satire parody of the Blair Witch uh, using thumbs. So that's incredible. I, I will say the Blair thumb is on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> and if you want, if you really want, you want to get into it, you want to see it in the way it's meant to be seen. There is a 4k remastered edition. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so you can, you can really see all the crevices on that thumb. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, actually it's not painted on the thumb. It's, I think it's like a, a thumb acting it out, but then they like animate the thumb with like Amazing. a mouth. Uh, so <laughs> it's, um, it's if you like the Blair Witch Project, the Blair thumb is pretty amazing. So, uh, I'm just, I, if I don't share anything worth of value to anyone ever on this podcast, <laughs> knowing that I've passed along the Blair thumb, I, I'm, I, you I'm should definitely go, gonna go down now. a rabbit hole on this because I was like, <laughs> 4K remastered, baby, I'm in. <laughs> this is the, this, oh, the Criterion Collection version. <laughs> You're gonna be like, what has Rebecca gotten me to watch? This is so stupid. <laughs> but That's I amazing. love, I love the Blair Thumb. Uh, we do have a snap judgment from the chat. Uh, new Rachel asks, which character would you be more excited to see introduced? Snapper Car. Or director Bones on My Adventures Ooh. with Superman. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say director Bones because, like, they were never going to do that on Supergirl. And if they did do it, based on the like 
the budget in season six, it would have been like um, it would have literally just been like a little skull, like the little like bones that they put in the back of a classroom. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like a skeleton. Like, Hi. Yeah. It would have been like the the skeleton from Spooky Scary Skeletons. Like that's <laughs> like the, the level of CGI that would have been involved. So I'm gonna go director Bones because I think in animation you can have like a lot of fun with him, and you don't have to worry about the budget. Yeah, I think you can make a case for Snapper Car maybe having some uh, uh, snapping teleportation abilities. Like you could use that version of Snapper Car, but I think Director Bones makes more sense in the sort of secret organization uh, type thing. I, I could see him working with Task Force Force X and the General and Mandy. I think he I think he would fit really well in with that whole crew. So I am going to say a Director Bones too. Uh, I think that's where we would more likely see him. So thank you all for playing Snap Judgments and submitting Snap Judgments, but I think that's going to take us out. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. All right, so we need to now get to some DC TV podcasts and some Supergirl radio plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page hello and thank you for calling the dc tv podcast hotline please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed supergirl radio press one the flash podcast press two legends of tomorrow podcast Press 3. The Lithuanian Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. And we have some designs of fictional government agents in the DC universe in the DC TV podcast T Public Store that we would love to suggest. Yeah, we got all the secret agencies. We got Cadmus, <laughs> we got Argus, we got the DEO. So if you are interested in representing your favorite secret hush hush government agency that's probably up to no good, uh, you can <laughs> check out some designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store. You know how those secret government agencies love it when you wear their merch? <laughs> <laughs> so that you can tell everyone that you know about them. This is my favorite secret government agency. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I want to point out Electra WWF says Snapper Car makes a cameo in the Justice League War World movie that just came out. 
So we're, we're going to have to watch that. I feel like we are for sure. Yeah. We're okay. big snapper car super fans here. <laughs> <laughs> you will, you will never hear a podcast, a podcast, uh, talk more about snapper car. That is our do. guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we also need to uh, tell people about the Legion of Super Sponsors. So we'd like to thank our uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, these people are Michael, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, Majuba, and Lingenberry. If you would also like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash Supergirl. Radio. We have recently uh, done a pilot pod of the Wonder Woman TV show starring Linda Carter. We've also had uh, an appearance uh, with Bunsen as he uh, he uh, enjoyed a blanket fort. A big star of ours uh, yeah. in the Supergirl Radio constellation. Bunsen. Uh, but Bunsen and Beaker waited until the end uh, after the live stream to give a little exclusive to the Patreon uh, Legion of Super Sponsor supporters. People want, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'll probably uh, for this week uh, talk do do something a little bit for the twelfth uh, level intellects in the Legion of Super Sponsors to talk about the stream deck that I bought that uh, I can't figure out the sound effect for. Uh, so we'll have to do some experimentation on that. I will say it is kind of cool. And if people are interested in StreamYard, it does have hotkeys that uh, allow for shortcuts within the StreamYard uh, browser. So it helps uh, move between comments and our brand section, the banners and everything. So uh, that is very helpful, but I'm I'm determined to figure out uh, sound effects. Uh, so we'll probably do a little uh, Patreon video about that as we uh, experiment. Well, if you want to keep up with me, you can find me on a couple of different platforms. I'm on Vero, which is a, a social media platform, Vero True Social. You can find me on there at Derby Kid. I usually post kind of what I'm watching, what I'm, if I'm able to read anything, I'll put something in there, what I'm listening to. Uh, I, you can find that on Vero True Social. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid, where I post the occasional picture and uh, share uh, uh, amazing videos from the ocean in my stories because I've now become fascinated by uh, the ocean life because uh, there's a lot of weird stuff down there in the ocean I'm and curious down there. <laughs> so I'm curious. I'm knee deep in the uh, sea turtle algorithm now. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I'm very happy to kind of stay in that sea turtle algorithm. That's fine by me. Uh, you can also subscribe to my personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmuffprod. I'm working on a new video about the Barbie movie, uh, I kind of went through the angle of the Snyder Cut joke that was made in the movie. Uh, not real pleased about that, and I'll explain myself, but uh, it kind of kind of felt a little ranty. So I'm sort of taking it out on that. So uh, I'll have a, a short Barbie analysis uh, for my YouTube channel. Not doing a full review of the film. Uh, but maybe, maybe I will, I don't know, maybe I'll do a, a live stream or something, but, uh, but really right now, just going at it from the, uh, Zack Snyder's justice league angle, uh, because that was, uh, something that was mentioned in the Barbie movie. So, uh, I'll have a little bit, I hope, hope to do, maybe hope to have that up by the end of the week. So, uh, look out for that if you're interested. And, uh, I also have a travel blog that I do with my brother called Oasis Broom, uh, all one word. So you can find us on all the social media platforms and YouTube where I need to get some more video content up there. Uh, but we, uh, post about our travel experiences and, uh, what, where we've been. Um, so if you want to follow me on any of those places, uh, feel free to do so. 
And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legendary Ladies podcast where we just talked about something last night. Oh, we just talked about uh, Kat's new Kickstarter, her Beast and Snow Not Safe for Work Kickstarter, which is doing uh, bonkers good right now. I think it's up to like $45,000. So listen, the people have requested some spicy content. And she's given the people what they want. So <laughs> you want to uh, hear an interview with her and Phil uh, that will be dropping this week. We also uh, talked about recently about the Barbie movie. Uh, we talked about, um, oh gosh, what else have we talked about? We've talked about, about we talked about the, the, the Dragon Prince. We did a pilot pod on the uh, TV show, The Dragon Prince. So we are all over the map. Uh, so the best way to find us is to uh, follow us at legends underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're at the legendary ladies on Instagram and YouTube, where we've started posting up our live streams as well. Uh, and you can always become a Patreon supporter of ours, um, patreon.com slash the legendary ladies. And if you uh, if you support us um, at our $10 level, you can join us in the live chat when we record. And we often record, like, sometimes we'll record two episodes at once. So you'll get uh, first access to uh, to early episodes. So that's always fun, too. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I try not to listen to your Barbie review before I saw it. So I'm gonna have to go back now and listen to the full uh, episode on Barbie because I never want someone to taint my opinion. I always want to yeah. come, come at it. Go, so. in. go in without like the like the, you know, random other people's voices kind of like, oh, yeah, that part. They talked about that. Yeah, I want like, yeah, just have my own experience first. I get it. So I'll have to uh, go back and, and listen to what the the, the conversation y'all had about. It. And Kat always has a Kickstarter. I, I don't think I've ever heard of Kat <laughs> not getting a Kickstarter like funded. She, always, like, she had that thing funded in the first day. Wow. Uh, yeah, they had already, her goal was 14 or uh, 13,000, I think. That was within the first 24 hours. They're now up to like somewhere around 45,000. So wow. listen, if you want to be in with all the cool kids and know what everyone's talking about you should go support beast and snow again uh, it is a not safe for work spicy book so it's not for the kids uh <laughs> but if you're an adult who is into that uh a lot of people are apparently <laughs> <laughs> well it's impressive uh all the kickstarts seem to be successful so yep. uh, if you need to do a kickstarter contact kat calamia she knows she actually how to do them. she actually does have consulting services so if it's something that you were interested in you're like i don't know where to get started with kickstarter i was doing this on our podcast yesterday i'm like kat i'm making you paper um <laughs> but yeah you can you can reach out for a like one-on-one -on -one kickstarting uh, kickstarter consulting um with kat so she would be the one to ask about she, know, she knows her stuff about kickstarter that's for sure <laughs> yeah that is awesome okay well i think that's going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson and i'm still morgan glennon and we have to go because it's squatching time <laughs>
They say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.